I hear the train a-coming It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine Since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy Don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno Just to watch him die Rebel Rebelnet Radio with your host T. Parker and Joe Splatro. Oh man, what an intro that was! You searched long and hard for that one. Little see. Johnny Cash, little uh, going back Folsom, to the going Folsom, back to the Darby days, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Little Folsom pr- Prison Blues, and uh, hey, we are we're ready to go. We got a bigger game than Reno first, though. Do we? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. It. Boise State Saturday five five o'clock. Uh, I don't know if that uh, is quite as big as Reno next Wednesday at eight p.m. National television. It just it, with the rivalry and everything like that. It just seems like a, a much bigger game. If we lose to to Boise and then we go and beat Reno, I, I feel like we we made out in this little well if you have to pick one out of the two wins of course you're going to want to beat Reno um they've the best record in conference they have the highest RPI and yeah they're UNRs in the same and it's, state and it's UNR it's, yeah it's UNR so yeah you'd pick that one you you, you want to win both though i mean it's not like UNLB's going on the road and playing um you know a couple of National juggernauts that are ranked in the top twenty. Oh, it's back to back Duke, North Carolina. Yeah, no, it's it's, no. it's not like the tobacco road trip or something like that. No, I mean, um, they're both good teams. UNR and Boise. Well, Boise, came, Boise came into to Las Vegas and won a game. Yeah, and UNLB was about a five or six point favorite, I think, in that game. And that's so what, we we need to go back there and win. That's what you need to do. And the thing is, Boise's built their um, resume a little bit since beating UNLV to where. You know, they may be on the outside looking in, but um, with some success here down the stretch, they could put themselves on a bubble. Um, Reno, you, you know, when, when you look at Boise State, they're sitting at, what, 1,704 with about a 40 RPI. So that's that's going to get them in that that area. What's the record again? 1,704. Really? Yeah. Boise? Yeah. Jeez. That's yeah. outlandish. Yeah, and then you have Reno. Sitting at nineteen and four, and Boise's got a couple good wins. They won at Oregon. Yeah, so yeah, they do. That was a huge win for them. Yeah, huge, huge. I mean, it might be that that win might it's be bubble one. teams. Yeah, they're, they're both bubble teams. I don't know that. Um, I mean, the conference isn't going to get three teams. I mean, oh, let's face good it. God, no. It's not like Reno's going to get in and Boise's going to get in, and then the conference tournament winner, if it's not one of those two, is going to get in. There's just no way. The league is too garbage. For that, but um, they can get two. I mean, one of these two is going to have to kind of beat out the other. I mean, the the big game is going to be Boise um, hosts Reno. I believe. Nevada, uh, Reno already beat Boise in Reno. Correct, and that's why Boise's got to take care of business against Reno when those two teams play. And I think I, if I'm not mistaken, they're pl- playing early somewhere around um, Valentine's Day, maybe. Pretty soon. Let me take a peek. Here, um, 
two fourteen. Oh, is that Valentine's, Valentine's Day? Day? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's uh, to me just you know being could a be fan, the Valentine's Day massacre for uh, Reno. That's that's the biggest game of the conference um, this year in, in the regular season uh, conference. Um, I think I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, but first, we got to take them both on. And, and I don't know. Start Saturday. What Wednesday seems like the biggest game of the year. Okay. Well, to me, the next game is the biggest game of the year with the way the Rebels are going at it. You you don't know what you're going to get from them. So, um, I mean, they're we, like a box box of chocolates. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they, you they, never they, know what you're going to get. Kind of. They've played down to competition. They've played up to some competition. Um, it's just it, they're a hard team to figure out this year. I mean, they've they've really looked. I mean, granted, when we did our podcast last time, the Rebels were looking pretty damn good. They it were. like it was going to be a promising season. And, and when they played Arizona, it, that, it was, that didn't it detract was a really from good it. game. Yeah, that didn't detract from the way we were feeling at the time. No. We saw a really good, not, not a national team, not a not a top 20 team, but a top 50 team. Sure. Was, they, they sure looked the part. Um, sure. The roster looked at the size. Looked McCoy at looked the amazing. Yeah. So, and since then, they've, um, you know, they're 16 and 6, but... Um, you know, they've lost games they should have lost, and they've won games that they probably should have lost that they had no business even being close in, but, like against San Jose. I mean, th- those games are a joke. The losses at home yeah. are, are the ones that uh, – the Fresno State on the road, whatever. But the losses at home have really Utah have, State, have really Boise, and New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. We had no business losing to New Mexico at home. We we had no business losing to Utah State at home. No. Um Boise, maybe they they outplayed us that night. Yeah, um, and it was a game that went down to the stretch, though, if you remember. Sure, um, all of them did. You know, it came down to that winning time, and UNLV really didn't look that good during winning time because when you jack up threes during winning time, it's not exactly um, a foolproof plan. No, I, I know you like to uh, it be facetious me. with the the I, whole winning time. It, but... it, it aggravates me because UNLV's won some games during that crunch time. And they've lost some games, but every time it's been jacking a bunch of threes. Yeah, but if if Coach Menzies preaches winning time, and this is when we need to stand up, and I'm and sure play Menzies well. isn't saying jack up a 35 footer during <laughs> I'm winning sure time. He's not. Um, to me, winning time means you know you show a little bit of poise and you, and you get the ball uh, where it's buttered. I mean, you 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 feed the post, you drive the lane, you make something happen in close. There was one game. I take that back. I think it was a recent game. Um, that we lost. It was against Fresno on the road. It, it, we hit winning time, and, and actually, I, even though we lost the game, even though we lost the game, I liked our approach at the end. Now Jordan got uh, blocked at the rim. Yes, he did. But to me, that's that's a more high percentage play than a thirty footer. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, you, even though the refs weren't calling a lot of fouls in that Fresno State game. Um, they, they swallowed their whistles all game long. I think you need to get it in there. UNLV has a tremendous size advantage and a skill advantage. Over everybody. Over everybody in the Mountain West Conference. Everybody. And I think when the game is on the line, the ball has to at least go in there. Now, if they, they make a play out of there, you know, if, it, if, if a zone collapses or there's a double team and they got to kick it out for an open shot, that's a different story. Yeah, there just, has to be a touch. But just holding the ball for 15 seconds, 30 feet from um, the basket and then pulling up, that's not – you know, you don't shoot from the shark fin with the game on the line when there's plenty of time. No. I mean, Curtis Terry did that against Arizona, too. Sure it's, did. it's not a good shot. Whether it goes in or not, it's not a good shot. UNLV has relied on it way too much. And I know Menzies isn't calling for that play. No. This, 
you could see the frustration in his face mm-hmm. after, after after games where we should have won. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that that's the troublesome part for me is you know that he's he's trying to inflict in these guys what to do whenever the game's on the line and of all course. of a sudden things don't go things the way apart. he and, wants and, them to. And you know what? Um, it happened with Rice too and you know we were hopeful having a real point guard. I mean because Jordy's a real point guard. He's, yeah. He's a D1 I point love guard. Jordy. And, and he's experienced so you'd expect that that would change a little bit at the end of the games but it hasn't even with an experienced point guard and that, that's been a little bit surprising to me because quite honestly uh, Jordy's you know, been part of that issue just as well. He he pulls up with those three pointers, um, also. Yeah. So it yeah, it has to be very frustrating for a coach when when everything's you know when you're trying to win games from the three point line. In in the games that they go in, there was a couple games where they dropped like against I think Air Force and and there was a couple of Northern Colorado I think was one where hit a couple. There's just been a few games where we hit those shots late, but we've missed more. We gotten into the hole worse because of those long shots. So I, you know, at some point you hope they learn, they grow up a little bit, and they they get that poise. But it just it just hasn't been happening. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're riding a two game winning streak. Yeah, we, we we're on a win lose win lose win lose win lose streak in conference, and now we won two in a row. We won two in a row. Yes. And uh, now now we really get to find out a lot about ourselves because during that first portion of conference schedule. We are dead last in in ranking in terms of strength of schedule yes. in conference, and we played San Jose State twice, mm-hmm. Air Force. Mm-hmm. We've avoided Reno. We haven't played Reno. We, we played Boise State at home, and we got to avoid going to Wyoming. No Wyoming so far. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's been yeah. Th- that the schedule why, gets a lot tougher. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I really thought heading into the conference. Even though the Rebels were limping into conference play, I figured the Rebels had a real good shot of going seven and one over those uh, first. Is, is, is it sixteen games? Yeah, yeah. I, I figured the Rebels would go you know, six and two would be eh, you know okay considering how easy the first half of the schedule was. But I figured they could go seven and one, and here we stand. You know, five and four, five five and four after nine. It was four and four after yeah. So it it just wasn't. So so now we have Reno twice uh-huh. at San Diego State. At New Mexico, well, yeah, and at, at Boise, at Boise, we, we hope we we're lucky because we, we at Utah State, at Utah State, we, we only get to host Wyoming this year. We're lucky we don't have to go on the road because Wyoming they're they're not they're not a great team by any stretch. Um, but they beat they're the one team that has handled uh, Nevada at their place. We have three home games left or four. I believe we host Wyoming Air Force. Fresno UNR. and UNR. Okay, so we got four home games, and we got five road games. And, the and five all ro- and, and all five road games are tough road games. Well, no, you know, I I think Boise and Nevada are tough. San Diego State, it, that's a name. I'm sorry, that's not Steve Fisher and Kawhi Leonard's San Diego State. Well, the show will be out in full force. Yeah, yeah, they'll be. At, they probably will be for that game. Everybody likes beating up on UNLV, but no, San Diego State's. A, I mean, they're four and five in conference. Yeah, but at New Mexico is always a difficult. Well, yeah, game. It, the matter. travel is tough. The the pit. They're playing a little bit better than what they were early in the year, so I think he's got um, the fans amped up a little bit there because I, I really thought they were just some of those early losses that they had. 
you know, Tennessee Tech and things like that. Yeah, they, they were. Just, they looked absolutely brutal. But they've had, a, you know, they've had some defections and suspensions and some injuries. And they battled through it. They they have. They're, they're still not a good team. No, of course not. You know, um, and San Diego State, you know, they're, they're sitting around 130 in the RPI. So it's not the San Diego State. Is that where State. they're at? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not a good team. That's what I'm saying. Ed Granny. No. Ed's got to be very upset. Seeing Don't it. tell me that. You know, yeah. 130 in the RPI. Yeah. And we're, what, 70th? Uh, 80th? In RPI? No. Yeah. I think you and I'll be, I mean, go, going by the real-time RPI website, which is supposed to update, you, you know, daily. I've only uh, been looking at Ken Pomeroy. Ken the Pomeroy, Ken Pomeroy, you know, there's year. a lot of different metrics. The, this one's easiest to look up because when I look at the schedule um, or the Rebel results, it shows the opponent RPI at the same time. It's showing Rebels at 155 with the strength of the schedule. RPI? Yeah, and strength of schedule 281. Okay, Pomeroy has us at about uh, between 70 and 80. So we're hanging. We're hanging for what? <laughs> we're hanging for stability. CIT? Maybe. Well, it's, that's not even a – yeah, it might be a CIT berth or CBI, whatever whatever that leftover tournament is. I don't know. I, I, I feel like – we we had obviously an amazing non-conference based on schedule Stop. results only. Hang on, hang Stop on, it. hang on. Stop it! And, it's embarrassing. You know that non-conference set us up for failure in the conference, and we are just finally getting our feet underneath us in terms of conference play and realizing what we need to do on a nightly basis. And uh, but last night did not give me much hope. No, no, the team hasn't. Um, they haven't strung enough any good basketball. You, you'd have to go back to, I mean, that stretch during maybe early December where they played like Arizona, Oral Roberts, and Illinois. That's where a they good stretch. Yeah, I mean, they 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 played relatively well. Although but Oral Roberts was rough during the first half, by the way. It, it was, but I, I don't know that. That's early December is when the Rebels. The start of the season through early December, UNLV looked way more cohesive. Is that where we peaked? Yeah, if, if that's where we peaked, that's sad. A turkey day. But the the thing, I think the surprising thing was there, there was two things at play. Rebels were a lot more cohesive than anybody thought they'd be that early in the season, and they played a bunch of absolute garbage. I mean, okay, so so let's break down some players. Okay, so obviously we're going to start with our standout. We're going to start with Brandon McCoy. Mm-hmm. Who, when he wants to, he dominates. Unfortunately, he only dominates on one end of the floor. Mm-hmm. And that brings in Jong for defensive purposes late in games, which is amazing to me because Brandon McCoy stands over seven foot right. and should be able to alter any shot. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Brandon is... A one-way player, it feels like. It does, and and he's, for me, he's. I, I watch him closely. It, it's kind of tough to figure it out. I don't know whether it's. I think it's complete, scared of being in foul trouble. It, it could be. I'm not. So I'm he not backs gonna, away more than anything. Everybody on our side is convinced that it's pure laziness. And I don't I, think and so. And I'm not sure that it's laziness when I watch him. It, it is. There's a little bit of. Um, There's a back away factor. Yeah, it's it's. It's like I don't want to get in foul trouble. I don't want to get injured. With Anthony Bennett, I don't think it's an injury. I I truly think he just doesn't want to foul people, so he just backs away and says, "We'll get you on the other end." 
Is, it, is, it doesn't that, work because you know you got six foot one and six foot two guys taking it at them, knowing they're going to score. That's true. I mean that that makes it tough. I mean it, with Anthony Bennett, we, we had a sim, similar issue with him, but Anthony Bennett was just flat out lazy. Yes. On the defensive end, offensively yes. he'd expend all of his energy. Defensively, he wasn't going to do it. And if he got tired, he'd yank on somebody's jersey and grab to draw a foul just so he could come out of the game. Hey, I, I was done with Anthony Bennett whenever I heard the story where he told Stacy Ogman when Ogman was trying to teach him a, uh, a post position defensively. Uh-huh. And he said, hey, coach, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a lottery pick. Help somebody else. Yeah. So uh, at, at that point, mentally, they're out. Yeah. They're, they're done. They, you're never going to. But Anthony was never reached anywhere. Obviously, even but I don't. I don't feel that way about Brandon. No, I, and that's I truly what I'm saying. Think Brandon doesn't want to foul people. Yeah, I don't. I don't think his is. A, you know, Brandon's pretty stoic when he plays. He doesn't show a ton of emotion, mm-hmm. so it almost looks. It, it's hard to read. I mean, some, you know, you see Ken Birch get a big block and he's doing the shush sign or something. Right. He, he shows emotion. Brandon, whether he does a great player or, or not, it he kind of has the same look on his face nearly all the it, time. It, it's almost like when Brandon makes a good play. He puts his shoulders down yeah. and puts his head down, yeah. like oh, I'm I'm re- not not that he's relieved, but uh, I should be doing that more often. Yeah. I, I'm not I, sure it, exactly it, what he, it is. He's a very tough read, but he 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 sulks, but not in a bad way. But he sulks and puts his head down whenever something goes well. So uh, he's he's very difficult to read on the court. Yeah, I agree with that. He's. Obviously, he's very good, and he can dominate. Oh, um, the dude's really, really good. And, and you know that—that's that's where I give UNLV a shot at Reno or against sure. Reno, regardless, because Reno they get the best player on the court, right? And and Justin's a tough, maybe guy the best two player yeah, on the court, exactly. So I—I I don't know. It, Move it on from from McCoy. We'll go to Justin, and I will say this: Justin is probably my favorite UNLV player. Not that this is. Anywhere close to being my favorite UNLV team. Um, but Justin is probably, since Mark Dickel, my favorite UNLV player. Just of how hard he plays. And he shoots the ball at the top of the key. You know it's going in. Mm-hmm. He rebounds so well. He defends. He does a little bit of everything. And I really enjoy I I am seriously hoping... He comes back next year. I, oh, I think he'll, he'll be back. I think he's absolutely positively back. Justin, I, I like him too. And, and I've always had an affinity for guys that work hard regardless of the results. And, in fact, guys that work harder when the results aren't there are the ones that really endear themselves to me. And mm-hmm. that, that's where you talk about a Dickel or you talk about a Warren Rosegreen who didn't have off-the-chart talent. Um, you know, Lewis Adminson. Um, Justin has the talent. Yeah, Justin and he plays hard. And he's, he plays he's very just, hard. He, his motor's fantastic. I, I love I watching that kind of basketball. Um, you, you give me 12 guys like that, and you're, oh you're going to be successful. You're just going to be successful because the mindset's right. Um, I wish he was a little bit more alpha, I guess, um, as a team leader, and he just doesn't seem to have that in him, and that's that's not a flaw. I think you either have that or you don't. I don't in fact, I don't see a lot of Alpha He's just on the court. Dude. Yeah, I know. That's you, okay. So I'm not. I'm not going to compare him to this guy, but this is who he reminds me of: Kawhi Leonard. He he's not Kawhi Leonard. No, not at all. He's not going to be a professional standout, but 
he comes to work every night. Mm-hmm. He plays hard. You don't hear any any talk from him. There's no emotion. And he's a standout every single night. Um, that's the only that's the only reason I compare him to Kawhi because Kawhi was just the most silent, mm-hmm. dominating he still player. Is. He still is <laughs> right. The that the Mountain West has ever seen. Yeah, and um, I think Houston has that type of not quite that potential, but uh, he's got that mindset where he just goes out and I'm going to dominate the game. I don't know. A- am I totally off base with that? No, you're not. You're not. The only thing you're totally off base with, I hope, is that you hope we see him next year. I think he's absolutely positively coming back. Brandon, you know, everything we've heard headed into the season is he's won and done. I Brandon could use absolutely use oh another year. I'd love to see him here. I'd love to see that, that twosome together again next year. Give a ring to Steven Zimmerman and ask if you should come back. Yeah. Well, Steven shouldn't have come back. Yeah. Really? For what? Well, then he should have gone somewhere else. Well, I mean, why would he you... should have played two years? But yeah, but why would you come back to UNLV at that point? Uh, okay, I mean that was a. Complete... Then he should have gone somewhere else. UNLV was a complete abortion laughing stock. I wouldn't have come here. What I mean, you would have come back to the to that. Nobody else did. I mean, if if all the rest of the players weren't coming back to it, why should Steven come back to it? Uh, I mean, it was. A I'm mess. just saying in general. Tina Tina turned this. She, if, if she Brandon put it through the wants to grinder. look at somebody. And say, well, hey, there's a what lot should of I do? Or he could look at Hutchinson from um, Boise. Sure. Who, who did declare and decided to come back based on the feedback. And it was a wise choice on his point, on his part, because he's going to go a lot higher now. Yeah. Um, it's I, tough. I, I, I personally think Brandon will go in the 20th range. 20s? I, 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 I think somewhere in mid, mid to high 20s, I would think. Um, and, and I think if he comes back, he's, he's a much stronger player. Perhaps. Depends on who's playing point guard next year. Well, it's it's partly that, but I mean, you alluded to a little bit of an issue earlier with, you know, being afraid to defend or being reluctant I don't know to he's defend. Afraid. He needs to get the mindset of. And if he doesn't, then what good does next year do for him? If he doesn't get through that mindset. Okay, so here, this is totally speculation, but my feeling is that. He got in foul trouble a, a few times early in the year, right? Mm-hmm. And my guess is that the coaching staff was like, we can't have you in foul trouble. So he took that a step further of Well, yeah, not having not him in foul trouble now also means you're not even in at the end of games. <sighs> and, so, and that's a killer too. Yeah, it is. So, um, but, but Jong's done very well. He has. He, he's he's really grown up. I, I'm really happy with the Rebel bench. Um, um, I'm, Besides you know, Justin, John's John's my favorite player on the team. You know, it, it's amazing. I'm I'm, you know, when I look at the team, I'm happy with most of the players across the board. But overall, yeah. um, early in the year, I was very happy with how cohesive they are. But this last stretch, this last month and a half, has been it's it, it, it's. Jekyll and Hyde. It's, jo, jo, I don't only, know what is going on. The only player I can sit here and talk negative about right now is Mooring. Well, yeah, but Mooring's Mooring. You, right. you knew what we were going to get. I, I I like Johnson, what he does every so night. Do I. I like Clyburn. Yeah. I, I mean, he he misses some shots, but he plays hard every night. But the, the issue is he's doing this year what he did last year. He was pretty decent in the non-conference, and conference has come along, and he's kind of disappeared. Okay. I love Justin. Yeah. McCoy's strong. Yeah. Okay. 
I like Beck off the bench. I'm, I'm very high on Beck. I'm, a, I'm very high on Beck. I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. So do I. At some point. And I, th- and I think Hardy's going to be very good, too. I do, too. I, I think they have, they have the makings, but my question is, why is it? Why was it clicking early, but it's not clicking now? Is well, it... competition. Well, Competition's yeah. a factor in that. Of course it is, but we're not talking like... Well, you say clicking. It's, it's, it's not proportional, T. I mean, it's not like the competition went up tremendously. Yeah. Okay, this is the Mountain West it, it Conference. It may have you, gone you, up you, tremendously. You, <laughs> I'm you, just being honest. You are better scouted. They know you better. They know your tendencies in conference. It is tougher. How many plus 300 teams have we beaten this year? Oh, geez. I know. Uh, yeah, but a couple of those are in conference, too. Okay. So two two times against San Jose. Okay. But but prior what I'm to that, saying is it's a weak conference and it was a weak non conference. And and yes, there's a definite difference between the two absolutely. in terms of strength. But and, and to, scouting. To look like an A against one and then have it get a little bit tougher and then have a D, it, no, it, it's, it's a not C, pro- C. It's not proportional, is what I'm saying. The fall off hasn't met the increase. And the talent, we don't look like the same team, T. I mean, you can't watch this with your own two eyes and say, oh, yeah, this resembles the team we saw in December. Okay, so here's here's the deal. In November and December, all five of our players were better than all five of their players. Okay. Correct. We'll give you that, right? Uh-huh. Now, maybe two or three of our players okay. are better than their players. We went into overtime at San Jose. We well, struggled with him the other night. That was a joke. Our our seventh and eighth man are better than their top player. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's say they're not. Maybe maybe that's hyperbole. But come on, they don't belong on the same court. They've won two games against Division One teams. <laughs> let's. I don't want to hear you be like the people on the site that are saying, "Oh, Sam, they're, they're not that bad." I, I don't. I just stop trying they're, to shove that down my they're, throat. They're Please. absolutely they're awful. Absolutely awful. Absolutely. So awful. how come we struggle with a really awful San Jose? team, but we didn't struggle with Mississippi Valley State, who's won only one game. Why? I I think it's the, the conference aspect, you know. And, and I'm not discrediting that, and I'm agreeing with you, because I mean, it's it's befallen every single Rebel team back to Baino. In, in 1998, we struggled with San Diego State, who didn't win one game that year. Uh, didn't they have the the Jewish Mexican from Tijuana? Yes. What was his name? I can't Abramowitz? remember. Abramowitz. Abramowitz. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I get I, that. I, I mean, it, conference play is just something different. Why, why and, is and UNLV true. the only team in conference in 20 years in conference that has underachieved at 90% of the time? Why? That's a whole other well, question. We're, we're talking now, – now listen to me. We're talking Baino. Mm-hmm. And, and Baino didn't even underachieve that Kruger. much. Spoon, Spoon, Kruger, Rice, Menzies. Yeah. So we're talking a bunch of different coaches. We're talking a bunch of different players. We're talking a bunch of different units, styles, styles, everything. Everything's mm-hmm. changing. But you can't tell me all five coaches didn't talk about how difficult life was in the Mountain West, or they didn't emphasize, or they emphasized it too much. Come on, what is it? Okay. Well, I'm asking you. I mean, I, I will it's say, a legitimate question. I will say the Kruger years were a lot more difficult in conference. I think the teams were oh, a lot better. No question, no question <laughs> okay. about. It. But, but 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 even though you say that, we still did. Rice, Rice, uh, and uh, Rice and Menzies are very similar teams. Now wait, but let's go back to Cougars. I agree with you. The conference was much tougher, way better, way better. But we also got off to zero and three starts at TCU to to hang tight no. to Colorado State we to Wyoming BYU first. 
Uh, we we did. We did. But we it, it felt like every year we had two really tough games to start a conference. No. And we always went one Do you remember the year we lost to TCU and Wyoming, two bad teams back to back on the road with Kruger? And it was just, and we got off to like that one and four start in conference. And it's like, are you kidding Ugh. me? How, how did this happen when you have Wink Adams? I don't remember that. Uh, I do. But regardless, my point is, you're, you're right. The conference. We, we have underachieved majorly. Yeah. I think one, every year since we've I, been I, in this conference. I th- not the first year. 2000, we were good. <laughs> and I think there was one year Kruger finished second, maybe a game or two, two games back. One game back behind BYU, and then we beat them in the, okay. the, in the Mountain West Championship. But now we're talking two out of 18, 19 years. Yeah. Why has UNLV underachieved in those other years? You tell me, with all the, with all the different factors that have changed, why? Are we just unlucky? No. I agree. It can't just be not lucky. And, and here's, here's the interesting factor in all that is we've probably had the best roster of anybody. Well, maybe a few years. BYU, Utah, well, um, let's say San we, Diego State. Since we rarely finish above fourth, we could say that we had one of the top four rosters. We could say that safely, right? Yep. Okay. And, and we struggle to finish there. Uh-huh. And I... Th- my gut says it is the player's mindset of the Mountain West isn't very good. So do you think UNLV is afflicted with that, an exaggerated um, sense of entitlement when they come to UNLV? Potential. I think so, too. I think that's the whole thing, I, to, to be honest. I, it I think, feels that way. Yeah. I think we're better than everybody else when they get here. And, uh, they step. They go through pregame warmups, uh-huh. and yeah, we're gonna kill. We're, this team. we're better than them. Yeah, and, and it's and just it's, give me the ball. And it's not just give I, me the I, ball. I tell you the truth, a lot of the times I don't think UNLV underestimates the opponent or the situation. I think they overestimate, they overestimate themselves, themselves. Sure, is what it is. Just give me the ball. Yeah. I, I got we, this. We got this. This is this is, and I, and I think that has been problematic since the early two thousands. I'll never forget the game. Kruger went into Colorado State, and within the first TV timeout, he had three walk-ons and two bench players to on the prove floor. A point. Yeah. To prove a point to his starters that you had to come out ready to play. Yes. Yeah, I remember that, too. And, and we lost. We got crushed. Yeah. But I think it was him just so frustrated with the team that we could just walk out there and... Roll the ball out and be cool. And I don't know how you defeat that because to me that's a culture issue. That's just a it's a um, is it kind of a could it be a coaching culture? issue too? I don't know. Well, if it is, then it spanned a lot of coaches. I don't that have a lot of different different personalities, um, levels of expertise, years of experience. So I, I don't buy that it's coaching. Yeah, you're right. Um, it, it, it's for, it's maddening. It's frustrating, and everybody else in the conference knows it. Mm-hmm. To be, we could beat UNLV because UNLV doesn't care, or they're they're taking everything lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been that way, and then we play hard, and we we were competitive, but we're soft. The teams already have it in their head that they're going to beat us. They know they're going to beat us, right? I know it's it's it's, it's a weird phenomenon. It's a very weird phenomenon. I don't be- know because that. the the fact that we've won. Or, excuse me, tied for one conference championship in the last 17 years in the Mountain West Conference with the amount of talent that we have had on our rosters 
from 2000 to 2017 is shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. And, and I don't know. It's hard for me to blame the coaches. It's hard for me to blame the coaches, too. Because you know I, they're no, giving I, out I, game plans. I, they're absolutely. And, and I know that they're the coaches are ultra-focused on these conference games. Conference games scare the shit out of the coaches. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? They they know that absolutely. this is where they're going to – this is going to make or break the season. They emphasize the hell out of it. They're more meticulous. And the other thing is, I mean, you could tell. Every, every team prepares well for UNLV, it seems like. Yep. And I'm sure UNLV prepares just as well for them. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. I'm sure that we don't execute the game plan as the coach drew it up because – that exact reason. We could do what we want and we're going to win. Otherwise, there's no way we lose 11 straight games to Steve Fisher. Of course not. There's no way we lose every time we go to Wyoming. There's no way we lose every time we go to Colorado State. And, and you got me all fired up now. Well, no, it's it's an interesting question because I mean it gets at the crux of whatever the problem it is. I didn't that think we were going to talk about UNLV. that. I, I, don't know. I hadn't it's, thought about it, but it is interesting. Now I'm now I'm disappointed in the last 17 years because it's true. That is true. Our rosters are always good not, enough to compete. <laughs> Amen. Good enough to compete for championships. top three championships. Top three. Every year. There, there's no doubt about it. And it just never happens. And I, I'm sure it's not a coaching or a strategy thing. I'm, I, the mindset, it, is it getting the wrong types of players? Perhaps. But I think UNLV also attracts certain types of players. Yep. People that want to play here because UNLV is a big name. It's Sin City. It's bright lights. It's girls. It's parties. It's, it's fun. And what has every coach that has come here preached we're going to run. We're going to have some fun. And you're going to get up a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. That's that's a recruiting pitch. Of course it is. And it happened this year early. But then, but then again. Spoon, Kruger, Rice, Menzies. Everybody said the same thing. We we're going to run and we're going to have some fun. And you're going to get a lot of shots. Yeah. We well, scored a ton of points early this year. Our scoring average is way up there. It's coming to a grinding halt in the conference. Yes. We were like um, seventh in the country. Yeah. We, that Everything was fool's gold. With those stats early on, it drives me nuts. If if I see a schedule like this rolled out next year, I swear to God, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go absolutely nuts. I might be protesting out there with a sign. This schedule was so bad. UNLV has never. You might break your streak. No, I'm not gonna break my streak. Oh. I have no intention of that. But I'll be aggravated because UNLV in the history of UNLV basketball, they have never scheduled this lightly ever not even close to this even Bano coming off as a 33 year old coach coming off a 10 win season he wasn't gutless enough to play a schedule oh, I don't know if it's gutless it's I, absolutely I, gutless to me Joe I feel like coming off the worst season ever in UNLV history you had to get some wins well Bano did the same thing though okay. he came off the worst schedule in UNLV history and he sure as hell didn't do this he played some teams. He beat some teams. Granted, it wasn't a great season. I think we ended up 22-10, and 10 and we ended up in the NIT and made it to the second round. But you know what the difference was? We felt proud. We felt progress. Yeah, we did. I, because, I enjoyed because that Because we were like, you know what? This is showing some real growth. That was now, the Warren and Sunshine. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and this year, it's feeling like, yeah, we know we're better. You, you, don't, you don't need a microscope to see that we're a lot better than we were last year. That's true. And we were going to be better no matter what. Just all you had to do was recruit a couple of guys that didn't trip over their feet, and you were going to be better. But it's like we try to 
overplay it by going with the sincerely weak schedule. I and mean, when you got this many sub three hundred teams, sub two fifty teams, that was planned. Well, it was contrived. And, and Let's get as many and, wins as possible. Here's the deal, Joe. Our fans aren't buying it. T, they're not showing up. We are twelve and three, and they're not showing up at the Thomas and Mac. We are winning, but nobody was showing because they're not fooled. What What was the highest RPI that our conference was? It was like five years ago. We made a two. We, we got two like or four three. teams. I think it was three. We got four teams, four, five. five teams into the yeah, NCAA tournament, yeah. and and it was actually a good conference. I, I mean, we, it was at that point you can schedule poorly, absolutely, because you're going to have a hell of a, a conference season, but. There's two halves. Now? There's two halves. You have your non-conference and your conference. The, it, it, it's a simple equation. You can't schedule like this. If you're weak in conference, you have to schedule stronger out of conference. Right. If you're strong out of conference, then you could, you know, it, like ACC. You play a bunch of home yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's just the way it is. You play just, everybody at home because you're gonna have. You have to strike a slobber knocker of a non-conference schedule. Yeah. Well, I, guess what? You have to play a balance. UNLV didn't. What's our conference RPI right now? Overall, can I think, you can I, you take a peek at that for I, me? I think uh, they're ninth, but there's been discussion about this on the site as well. Um, it's the same as what it was last year and the year before. The difference is the gap. There's yeah. the, the, the gap increased between seven and eight and eight and nine. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not. They're, it's not clustered closely because there's only so many teams. There's you know 31 conferences or whatever and, it is. And, and the interesting thing is these. Other conferences keep getting worse and worse. The A10. Right. The A10 right now is a joke. Yes. I mean, they got absolutely terrible teams. I, I've watched a bunch of their teams play, and they're just garbage. Um, you're talking AAC, the the American Conference. That's not that bad. It's okay. Wichita is good. Yeah. And it's a bunch of subpar teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... I feel like but, those but, are the conferences we're intertwined with right now, and we are way behind both of them. I know. I know. <laughs> and, you know what it is right now? For those fans who are older than 35, I'd say, right now the, the Mountain West is the Big West when UNLV played in it without UNLV. Right. I'll give you that. You know, If that. Because at no, least they had some NBA that. guys. Yeah, they we don't have any NBA guys in our league. Uh, Hutchinson's an NBA guy. Okay. Absolutely. I think McCoy's an NBA guy. Fringe. Fringe, but... Fringe for Hutchinson and McCoy. Uh, I, I, Not I, surefire I, you know what? start in the NBA, which Cedric Zavala... Fringe only hurts when they leave early. <laughs> if you get a fringe player that stays for four years, it's a hell of a college player, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. You're right. Which they should be still. They should I, be I, doing. I, I know. I don't know. I take the money, too. But I, we got seniors this year, and and they're not doing what we need them to do. I don't know. Hey, hey, it's you, weird. It's been a tough season. It really has. I know we're sixteen and six, and some people are you know hanging their hats on a number. And you know, he's getting ready to fire up the presses with all the accolades and improvement. And you I don't, know, I don't feel you know, that. He's going to spin the hell out of this. I don't um, feel that, even the, though it was built on the the hockey team has taken so much. Wind out of UNLV sales this what? year. What Ho- hockey? Oh, we have hockey in Vegas. Oh, it's the first time you're hearing of it. Huh. It's the absolute buzz of the city. And then what happens when a, a, a less popular sport like the NFL comes along? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And plays through so the the NCAA season. So, uh, I, yeah, UNLV fans shouldn't be worried about um, extinction. 
on a USF Bad level. news, guys. It's, it's, it's bad news. I Literally, I work in a casino. I talk to hundreds of people every day. And the percentage of people that tell me that the experience at the T-Mobile Center for the Golden Knights is bad is 0%. Oh, I know. I know. I've heard the same things. Everybody's like, things. oh, my it's God, amazing. you got to get out go. there. You it's so go. fun. Yeah. I, I, literally. I, I, people that are non-sports fans. I have a guy that works for me that was, at the beginning of the season was calling the hockey puck a ball. A ball. He was calling it a ball. Now he has three jerseys and goes to every game he can. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I and that I that is huge. I I tell you what, if the stadium doesn't help UNLV football to the point where UNLV as a university ends up getting into a power conference, it will end up being the University of San Francisco. Yep. And we'll be happy to have what we have today because we'll be irrelevant. We'll be irrelevant. We'll be playing in the well, not the Mendenhall, but the Girls Cox Center. I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm not saying that is going to happen, but to Pretend like that potential's not there. I think is being completely blind. It, it it's it's a big deal. It, yeah, if, it is. if Las Vegas becomes a, a professional sports city, whew, I, I'm yeah. And, and UNLV doesn't raise its game absolutely to match them. And do you have confidence that UNLV? And I'm not talking the basketball program. I'm not talking yeah, about the football program. You're talking program. the university. I'm talking I know the university from the president to the athletic director to. Do you think that they have the ability to do that? They have not shown that. In how long? Since the 1980s. They didn't even show it in the 80s. Tark was making his own money for everything else. Well, okay. there you go. Yeah. It's frightening. It is. We it's, have a it's bunch of baboons running things. We have an apathetic fan base mm-hmm. that doesn't want to go to games, mm-hmm. that doesn't give a shit. And then we have a program that is so mediocre in everything they do that there's no spark there's no energy and, and you don't see anything churning behind the scenes to make i mean you know it, it is absolutely fantastic that they 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 finally broke ground on the the football it, it's complex. huge it is huge I'll it, agree. It, it, so, if we become a football school great at this point i I, right. I would have been so against that 10 or 20 years ago but at this point you know it's fighting for survival if that's what it takes the, to survive the basketball get, program yeah. is going to succeed because the football program yeah. thrives yeah if if that's what i i still think that's an incredible long shot it, it all hinges it 100 hinges i'm getting into a power conference for sure um obviously the city's big enough now now we have the facilities um, thank God that one of the top criteria for getting into a power conference isn't on-field performance. Yes, if, it has nothing to do with that, success. If, if that had anything to do with it, then uh, UNLV would be in trouble. I mean, you, you know, we've got a de- decent TV market, great city to travel to, to host. To, mm-hmm. I mean, you, Las Vegas, the growth of Las Vegas has, not of UNLV, the growth of Las Vegas has made UNLV more attractive. Now, will that invite ever come? I honestly don't know. It, it, honestly if don't we know. put the the pieces of the puzzle in place and all we're waiting for is success, I think we get the invite. 
if if the rest of, if everything else is in place, yes. I, I agree with you. But I don't, I don't think UNLV could. But be if we if we stumble and fumble and trip all over ourselves trying to get there, if we can't say a coach's name right at a press conference, what Ooh. makes you think that we could say another president's Brutal. name right at a press conference? I, I mean, seriously, when you handle yourself selves like rank amateurs, how do you think that sits at the table? When you don't know what you're doing. Your new head basketball coach, Chris Bird. Oh, excuse me, sir. Mr. Beard. It's it's Chris Beard. That's your new yeah. coach. I know. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I'll see you five days later. What I'm saying is it just it just it sheds a light on it's incredible. how um, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It shows how small time we think and we are, and it's it's painful because if you know if he has a shot, who's going to put it together? It can't be the bozos that we got running things. Who's going to take the reins and say, yeah, let me lead you into I, the I can't frontier. say anything in negative about Desiree right now. I, I know nothing about Desiree. I can't she knock fe- her. It feels like she's coming from really good roots and has a shot. She may. I don't know enough about her. So none, none, none of my anger is directed towards her. None. I, I think the president is a... Complete goofball. Tino. In terms of athletics, sure. In terms, of I don't know enough yeah. about his. Yeah, he's he's an idiot, and the president's an idiot. I don't care. Well, I don't well, know what's he gonna do. Come after me? Well, anyway. and he's he's an idiot. We, we've had nothing but idiot presidents. Harder was a complete idiot. Yeah, she okay. was bad. We've had bad athletic directors, horrible yeah. athletic directors. I mean, I I used to think Cavaniero was just terrible, and Hamrick was a was terrible, and they were. Hamrick was awful. Hamrick was awful, but he didn't com- compare to Tina. She was bad. I mean, it, but if this is if, if the, these are the the clowns behind the curtain running things, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. T. I just I just smacked my forehead. I, I know, I know. But he, it, he's frustrating. He talking about all this I, shit. Didn't I tell you this and back in two thousand? Uh, uh, when did you move out here? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. No, back three, in, three, three. Okay, that's what I thought. Didn't I tell you when you first came out here? This is the way it was. Yes. And you had a hard time believing it because you followed Penn State closely. Yes. And you saw how they operated. They're, yes. Like, they're, they're, they're on the same page with everything. They could cover up molestations and everything with mm. the best of them. I, I wouldn't go there. But well, sure. no, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, hey, I certainly would I, I, I think they should have been thrown under the bus for a long time. But at least it showed a unity. It showed. Uh, it, they rallied not, behind not for the right each thing. other. Of course they did. But that's what I'm saying. That's what it takes. And, and, they, and they threw their money to try and get and, back. And that's the other problem Unity has. I, Every they single, got zero cash. Every dude. single athletic director at UNLV could have done a hell of a lot better had there been funds. If they have so money, you could d- 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 yeah, do something. You, you could do a lot of things with money. We have no money, so they were limited in what they were able to accomplish. Which is amazing in this town. Yeah, it is. Nobody, with, with, with all the nobody's an alumnus. Super duper millionaires and billionaires and none of them. None of them are. You know, philanthropic and, and trying to improve the well, community. They don't Tina's, care. For Tina's killing the, the show right now. gave us some money. Yes, yeah. they did. They 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 stepped up. Sands came through. Um, Morelli. Uh huh. Morelli was huge for the, especially for the baseball program. Yep. So um. So yeah, there has been some step ups, but this. I mean, this. But it's it's too far 
far and, in between. And, and, and that and that's part of the problem. UNLV doesn't didn't need to make up their mind in 2018. Hey, we better get our crap together and start moving forward. They needed to make up their mind back in oh 1987, 88, right. 89, and say, listen, we got all this basketball money rolling in hand over fist. It's paying for everything. Everything on this campus. Let's let's go get a great what, coach for absolutely. football. Absolutely. Let's go get a great stadium for football. No, but we hire Wayne Nunley and. Some Jim Strong and and Horton and just a weak it, stuff. It, it was completely weak, sauce. weak. They made poor decisions when the when the time was right. That's yeah. when they should have been hiring J- John Robinson. Yeah, that it should absolutely <laughs> when he was on fire. Yeah, coming from the Rams. Yeah, and saying, "Hey, we are going to pay the shit out of you. Yeah. I come here and win big." There's UNLV has like a twenty eight hundred vision. They see like what's inches in front of their face, but they can't see in the distance at all. They never have. And they, they get excited about, which is strange in this town because they get excited about peanuts when everybody else in this town that runs this town, peanuts aren't good. Right. We need everything. We need every cent from everybody's wallet right. to feel good about ourselves. Right. Where UNLV, they, they get a little bit of success. Great. Yeah. Look at us. It's 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 a really it's frustrating bizarre thing to see the the way that everything else is marketed and and pushed forward in this town of gluttony and they're just they've never had that. No, I know. And you you kind of need that from you, an athletic standpoint. You do. You, you do. need. I want everything I can get to make this the greatest it can be. Yeah, I know. It's it's frustrating for, for any long-time fans. I think the short-time fans, you know, the ones that have come around in the last 10, 15 years. They just years, don't get it. They, they don't get it, and they, they don't see it, probably. Um, this is what it is to them. Yeah, so it's it's tough. It, it's tough, and um, I, I do think that, you, you know, I over the years, every coach has had different strengths, different weaknesses, different levels of ceilings, but there's also always been a university play ceiling, too, as well. <laughs> You, you you want to know what's interesting, and you mentioned the Penn State thing, and I, you know, horrific, horrific, what 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 went down there. And I went to Penn State. I'm a Penn State fan for life. But whenever we went through that situation and everything became uncovered, instead of our alumni running from it, the alumni said, "What can I do?" To make this, to get us back to where we were. When was Penn State founded? 1800s. Okay. When was UNLV founded? Uh, 1957. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just telling you. I'm I'm also telling you, we have no alumni. We have no influential alumni. And anybody that comes to UNLV, it's, it's more of a... A transient school. It's mm. not your hometown school for for anybody. It, it really isn't. So you don't get back. It's a pit stop. Yeah. So we don't we don't breed that loyalty. We may have been able to breed that loyalty back when we were winning big and making Final Fours, but that's long gone. I mean, so the people we're churning out now, it's it's just it's just not there. It, but I'm just saying, it's a different mindset. The I know mindset at Penn State was, well, how much can I give you to help us get back on our feet? And UNLV's mindset for our boosters and alumni is, uh, that's going on. I'm out of here. No, it's hey, we just we just lost to Utah State by ten points at home. Here's next season's ticket renewals up ten percent. <laughs> that's what UNLV does. 
They did it again this year. They do it after we lose our last game of the season every year. They send out renewals and they start. Oh, we got to meet within the fiscal deadline. You know, it's like who thinks these things? That's bad. I mean, were you planning on winning a national championship and that people would gladly open their wallets when you sent those things out? No. When you lose in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament after being up by 19 points against San Diego State, your foe, and then the next day. Well, maybe they're thinking, the alumni is thinking, damn, we suck. I got to give some more no, money to no, this. Nobody does that. <laughs> nobody does that. I mean, and again, you're seeing it with the crowds this year. We haven't talked about the crowds this year. I'm, I know UNLV is announcing 10, 10, 5 every game. Um, it's bad. They've 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 had ten one game that was Arizona, but that's probably because Arizona brought about four thousand fans. The rest of them, I'd honestly say, I mean, some games have been really bad, but I'd say you know the actual bodies and seats they got to be conference games. I'm non-conference still. Throughout the Arizona game, the other games, I'd say you. New Mexico wasn't bad. San Diego State didn't look bad on television. I saw it on television. It still wasn't strong. I'd say UNLV might be averaging in body seats. Maybe six. No, God, no. Are you kidding me? Four? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. This... Which is basically telling you 6,000 tickets are deciding, I paid for my tickets, but I'm staying home. I'm not going. And that's a problem. That's, that's a major That's a problem. problem. I spent my money, but it's not worth going. Um, that's but, huge. And Menzies is doing everything he can. Um, it, it's, 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 you know, sometimes there's a perfect storm to make things great, and sometimes there's just the worst mix of poisons to make everything just bad. And, and we're going through a funk right now that I, I, I don't know. Long the, term, the, it seems The boring. only thing I can fault Menzies is for the schedule. Oh, the schedule. Otherwise, yeah. He, he, yeah, there's, he bleeds during these games. Yeah, I know. And does. you can tell. When he walks into those press conferences after these losses, he is just, just completely defeated. Yes, I know that. And I know he's working as hard as he can. And, yeah, I, I have a huge issue with the schedule. The schedule and, sucks. Yeah. It's, and he knows that. I know. The, 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 it's everybody ins- knows that. It's insulting to me. That's all as a fan. We're going to get to 25 wins because we played nobody. Well, yeah, that doesn't do me a lot of good that I'm going and I'm, you know, 17, 17 Remember, minutes. Remember, these fans pay their money for entertainment purposes. It'd be one thing if he didn't bring in a good... Not just to see wins. Entertainment purposes. You need to entertain. You have to entertain in this town. Even if it wasn't this town. Yeah, you still still have to put a product out there. You have to have fun. Uh And and nobody's having fun at our games. That's the thing. If if we absolutely sucked and people went to the games and had a great time, they'd walk out of there satisfied. You know? Another thing. we, We live in a city... And a lot of us work in the gaming industry where everybody that walks in those doors every single day is going to lose their money. Yeah. How do we make them have an enjoyable experience so and still walk out back. happy and and want to return and want to come right back? Right. Not, not walk out and say, God, I lost my money and I, that guy was a prick to me. Yeah. yeah. You know? So we have to find that balance of we have to – they have to have a really good time at the game, even if they're not having a great time watching the basketball. It, it, it's a tough scenario. I know it is. I, I don't have the answers. I, I just think UNLV is in a really, really tough spot, and they need some um, some really shrewd creativity, and I don't even know that that will be good enough. I really don't. What, I, I think they dug a hole that's... What's really brutal is when people are going to these... 
I know. Nights games and, and walking out and saying, I can't wait to go back to my next game. Now now well, you're well, on the losing when, side. When are the NHL, NHL finals? When do they typically take place? They're, I'm not a hockey it's guy in, at It's all. in April. It's in April. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they, they run from October to April. So the playoffs start when for hockey? The end of March. The end of March? Yep. Okay. So it doesn't really interfere with, with March Madness, with, not really. Not not really, does it? I no. mean, it does the end of March Madness, but yeah, that's, but we're not know, there. We, no, but I was going to say if if you had the hockey playoffs going on during, um, say, the Mountain West Conference tournament, no, it, it, that it will not us. be the case. It would kill us. Yes, but that will not be the case because now you're talking the expense of a ticket for a Mountain West Conference game or tournament game is the same as a hockey ticket and, almost. And, and seriously, these hockey tickets right now are getting out of control. Yeah, no. It's like. Two hundred fifty dollars for center ice right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this it gets too crazy. Yeah, and wow. Yeah, and, and you're buying you and tickets for ten dollars. Ten. Who ripped you off? <laughs> <laughs> Who ripped you off? Did you, did you see those scalpers in the lot? Scalper. Did you call me a scalper? scalper? They're very frustrated. They have these stacks. Come on, <laughs> down low. Six rows up. <laughs> yes. Two really cheap. Eight bucks. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just trying to unload. And, and, and you know, I, and I will say, I think to to me that more so than the struggles with the team this year, the ups and the downs. Um, I was really excited early in the year when I watched them playing pretty smoothly and being convincing, even though in the back of my mind I knew they were playing nobodies. It was still good basketball. Yep. From one side, uh, you can't you can't deny it. And then. You know, now we're struggling, and it looks like we don't even know who that team was. But as frustrating as that is, for me, it's absolutely depressing being in that stadium. Yep. Abs- as a fan that has been hasn't missed a game since '85, '86, you know, whatever it is, 550 straight home games. This is it, it's it's almost like watching Pepperdine a, every game. Yeah, it, it's almost like watching a grandparent on life support, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there and you're visiting with them every day, and you're just watching. And watching and watching, and it's very depressing seeing no crowd, very little. You know, the crowd that goes there, they do try to bring in energy, but you're, you're now down to your base core, f- hardcore fans. This is it. This is your baseline. You're always going to get this number of fans mm-hmm. for a UNLV game. So they're still going to be into it because they're diehards forever. They're the ones that will never leave. If they haven't left yet, they're not leaving. We're gluttons for punishment. Right. Or, or loyal. You know, you call us gluttons for punishment or loyal to a fault, whatever, however you want to term it. But it's 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 been rough. It's it just hasn't been fun. Well, I, I wish I had it in me T to just say, you know, I'm just done with this. And for some reason, it's just I, it's I, I don't know. Well, I will tell you what. There's a huge difference between when I had a lot of energy towards UNLV, where I got off work and I couldn't wait to go down to the the mat. Oh, absolutely. And now when I get off work. And I think about going down to the Mac and having a park and watch this team play for two hours. Not this team in general, just the, just the just situation, the, yeah. just the atmosphere. It's rough, you know. Not last game, the game before that, the home game, two home games ago. I can't remember. San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State. We played them at seven. At seven, correct? Mm-hmm. It was six forty-five, and Jennifer said to me, "You better hurry up. You're going to be late." And I came up to the counter. Got my stuff. I said, no, I'm not going to be late. And I, I live just, um, you know, I live near St. Rose Hospital, uh, Siena. Uh-huh. I may tip. 
Wow. There's no cars in the parking lot. There's no traffic jams. And you know what? I think I was home by 9.05, 9.10, something like that. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but that's whatever it is, it's pretty consistent. There's no crowds. There's no, there's no line under the airport tunnel. Not that I like those lines, but at least no. it tells me that I went to an event. Mm-hmm. This is part of the price you pay for going to an event that people wanted to be at. And I could live with it. Now it's it's just it it does. It feels like you're going to a job for a couple hours and you're not getting paid. Right. Well, folks, I'm sorry that we were so negative tonight. If that if you that's know, what you this know felt what? like the, a, the a funny negative thing barrage. Is, the funny thing is, we didn't know what exactly we were going to talk about. We really didn't have a plan. No, it just sort of veered in that direction. We 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 talked before we uh, turned these mics on. We said, "What are we going to talk about tonight?" Yeah, let's just wing it. And this is what it turned into. So that's kind of unfortunate that that's yeah. where the conversation went. Yeah, but it's kind of telling that how powerful it is, too, though, if that's where it kind of naturally went. Yeah, from two serious diehards. And, and, and guys... Well, that, you know what? I mean, UNLV's not... Obviously, they, they weren't going to be an at-large team at any point of the season because of the way the schedule stacked up unless they decided to go undefeated or something like that. So, I mean, this team still can do some good on the season. Sure. Um, I, I think the goal at this point has to be to finish in the top five in conference, and that starts with the game at Boise, which will they win? I'm not so sure. I don't know what team we're going to see. If we see the team in early December, I think you know you could win this road trip. shot. You can win both of them. If you see that team in early December, I'm just not close to convinced that that's the team we're going to see. Um, but, you know, at this point, I, I guess you got to look for silver linings and take baby steps and look to finish within the top five of the conference so that you could avoid that Wednesday night game, mm-hmm. that extra game, and, you know, see what kind of damage you could do because, um, it's again, it's not a great conference. Our, our lack of depth will, will keep us from that three wins in three days. I truly believe that. Well, what would it do for four wins in four days? So you better finish in third if you want to have, or above fifth, yeah, fifth or above if you want to have any hope. Yeah, I, I don't think the lack of depth will, will kill them as badly as you think. It hits everybody. It's not like it's a great loaded conference with a ton of depth. I think everybody faces the same issues. Yeah, it's it's not like San Jose is going to say, hey, you know, we're having to rely on our eighth, ninth, <laughs> tenth, and twelfth. You, you know, San Jose. If we play them again, I'm uh, I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> Three games against San Jose is one too many a year. I promise you that. Yeah. You just you just got to take it one game at a time, Tian. If we didn't play San Jose State every year, I'd be happy. Same with me. They're, they're just they're, garbage. Yeah, they're Air Force brings more to the table. Oh, at least the Air Force we have some history with, and, and, and they, they run a system. Tough, and they, they yeah, run a system that this this we've had some San, tough games with them. San Jose kind of just. I don't know. They, they, they're, they're like, I think they would finish below. Every I, I think, year. I think they would finish awful. below Bomb Hair Salon in yeah. Desert Rain. Yes. Bomb Hair Salon would take them to the uh, salon and yes. trim them up. Yes, they would. I, I truly think so. Hey, folks, we will be back as soon as possible. Uh, and you, said that, you said that. I, as soon as possible. I'm, gi- I'm not giving dates. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed us tonight. Uh, we broke down some stuff. Uh, just being as honest as possible. I'm glad and, we could cheer you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're all triggered and angry after this, we we understand. 
<laughs> now you feel a portion of my frustration. Uh, that's right. So, uh, Rebel Net Radio, this is T.E. Parker, Joseph Velatro. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I hear the train It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in fools. Oh, don't worry, folks. It's coming one more time. dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Rebel!